0: As a child, my favorite morning of the year, like most children, was Christmas morning. And you can probably guess why I love Christmas morning, and that was the gifts. I can remember racing down the stairs and seeing all those presents piled up under the tree and then spending Christmas morning opening those gifts. It was great. I got all sorts of presents. I got presents from Santa, from my parents, from relatives. I got presents from people I had never met before, like my, bro- my father's second cousin from Virginia. None of us, none of us children had ever met this woman, and yet somehow every year at Christmas, a gift would come for us, and we were very happy to open it. But I do have to be honest. There was one thing about Christmas morning each year, One thing that robbed me of the full Christmas joy that I could have had. And that was a yellow legal pad that my grandmother held. By the way, my grandmother turns 101 next month. But she would sit in the corner with this yellow legal pad and she would keep copious notes of who had received what present from whom. And I I hated this yellow legal pad because I knew that every entry under my name represented a thank you note that I was going to have to write. So we'd finish opening the gifts. My mother would give me my part of the list, and she'd say, all right, Colin, you need to write your thank you notes. I, of course, would put this off as long as possible. We'd get to the end, last day of Christmas vacation. She'd say, Colin, have you written your notes? I'd say no, and I would be banished to my room To complete them. You see, I loved the gifts that I got, but I did not want to take the time to say thank you to the giver. This might remind you of a story from Luke's gospel, where we're told the 10 lepers come to Jesus, and Jesus heals them. They head off, and only one leper comes back to say thank you. And Jesus makes a comment about this. He says, I cured 10 of you of leprosy, which is a pretty big deal, but only one of you came back to give thanks. Giving thanks, I think, is not something that we're good at, and it it begins when we're children. And what I want to argue this morning is that this reluctance to give thanks, that this is the fundamental problem with humanity. Humanity. And maybe that's a strong argument. Maybe we can say at least that this is one of the primary problems of humanity. But I do think there is an argument in the scriptures that this is our problem, our reluctance to give thanks. Today is the first Sunday of Lent, and our reading that the church gives us this morning is from Genesis, from the Old Testament. And we read about the fall of humanity, that pivotal story in the scriptures. It goes like this. God creates everything. He creates the heavens. He creates the earth. He creates us. And when he, give, when he creates us, he gives us two commands. First command we're probably familiar with. We've heard this one. He says, be fruitful and multiply, have dominion over the earth. That's the first command. But the second command we often miss. He says to Adam and Eve, eat. Eat. God says, I've given you this world as gift. So eat, enjoy, receive the gift I've given you. Partake of it. So that's the second command, to receive the gift that God gives. And this is a really important command because what it does is it lays the groundwork for our relationship with God. That's why the command is right there at the beginning. Going back to the story I started with about Christmas morning, I mentioned my father's second cousin from Virginia, a woman that none of us kids had had ever met. And yet, every Christmas, she gave us a gift. And it was interesting, over those years, because I was forced to write thank-you notes, a relationship did develop between the two of us. Her name was Aunt Robin. And although I didn't know much about her, I learned about her from the gifts she would give me and the little notes she would enclose. And then, my thank-you notes let her know about me. I'd always add something That was happening in my life at the time. And so that became the framework of our relationship. She would give a gift, and I would give thanks. And in doing so, we came to know one another. She gives the gift, I give thanks. Now, this this mode of relating, this is not that different than what our relationship with God is supposed to look like. God gave us this world as a gift, gave us life. And we're supposed to receive the gift and thank him. To receive a gift means to acknowledge that it's been given to you and to acknowledge the giver. And so again, we receive the gifts of this world, the gift of life, and we offer thanks back to God. It's this twofold movement. Receiving from God and offering thanks back to Him. That's what relationship with God was meant to look like. And by the way, this, this mode of relating to God, this is different than a lot of other religious systems. A lot of religious thought says that we need to escape the world. The world is bad. It, it drags us down. Matter versus spirit. But in the scriptures, that's not what we are told. We are told that the world was given to us to be the means for communion with God. That's important. We commune with God through the world. I'll say that again. We commune with God through the world. We receive it as gift, and then we give thanks back to God. That's what relationship with God looks like. Now, I think it's only when we grasp this form of relationship that we can start to understand the story of the fall that we heard this morning. We read this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, You shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it, you shall die. God says, I've given you this entire world as gift, all of it. But there is one thing in the world that I don't give you. This one thing is not gift. And of course, that's what Adam and Eve want. They want the thing that is not gift. That's the fall. You see, they don't want to see the world as gift. Because if it's a gift, they have to acknowledge the giver, to be dependent on the giver, thank the giver. But no, they want to possess the world for themselves. They want the world to be an end in itself. Something they control, it's theirs. Nobody gave it to them. That's the fall. Adam and Eve, they refuse to see the world as gift. And what happens? Well, their relationship with God is broken. The God who is the giver of life, the source of life, their relationship with that God is broken because they've chosen the path path of death instead. Not the path of life, relationship with God. They've chosen this other path of death. And we can say, you know, this relationship with God isn't broken because God is mad at them, because God wants to punish them. No, it's broken because, remember, the form of the relationship. We're supposed to receive the gift of the world and give thanks, that twofold movement. But when they don't receive the world as gift, the relationship is broken. It doesn't function. I want to read to you a passage from a writer named Alexander Schmemann, a really important thinker of the 20th century, died in the early 80s. Uh, But he articulates this so well. Uh, it's, It's two paragraphs, but it's worth hearing this. This is what he says. To love is not easy, and humankind has chosen not to return God's love. We have loved the world, but we have loved it as an end in itself and not as transparent to God. We have done it so consistently that it has become something that is in the air, It seems natural to us to experience the world as opaque and not shot through with the presence of God. It seems natural not to live a life of thanksgiving for God's gift of this world. The world is a fallen world because it has fallen away from the awareness that God is all in all. This disregard for God is the original sin that haunts the world. Our natural dependence upon the world was intended to be transformed constantly in communion with God, the God who is the source of true life. I'll read that again. Our natural dependence upon the world was intended to be transformed constantly into communion with God, the God who is the source of true life. And then he ends by speaking of the fall. He says... The fruit of the one tree, whatever else it may signify, was unlike every other fruit in the garden. It was not offered as a gift to man, not given, not blessed by God. It was food whose eating was condemned to be communion with itself alone and not with God. It is the image of the world loved for itself, and eating it is the image of life understood as an end in itself. That's a powerful statement about the fall of man. All right, so let's let's now turn to us and what we're doing here today. Every week, in fact, every day here at St. George's, we celebrate Eucharist. The Eucharist is the primary act of the church, it's what gives shape to our life. It defines us. And we do it almost every time we gather to worship. We make Eucharist. Now, here's a question. Do you remember or do you know what the word Eucharist means? Well, the word means thanksgiving. Right? It's a Greek word. It means to make thanks. Now, given Given that fact, the Eucharist means to make thanks. And given what we've talked about, does it make sense to you why we do this act every time we gather? You see, we come to make Eucharist to give thanks because this is our problem. And this is why our relationship with God is broken. So we come to give thanks, to make Eucharist, to reverse, in a sense, what happened in the beginning. And of course, we do it in a ritualized form, but the truth is we need ritual because we're not that good at this. We need to practice making Eucharist in here so that we can go out into the world and live Eucharistically out there, live in a way in which we are constantly communing with God through the gifts of this world. We gather here each week to learn about God, to hear what he has done, to to remember his promises. We proclaim his love and his forgiveness for us. And then we take the stuff of this world, bread and wine, which is meant to symbolize the fruitfulness of creation, this creation that feeds us. And we lift it up to God, and we make Eucharist. We make thanksgiving. And in giving thanks, we commune with our God. Now, of course, we who stand on the other side of the fall, we do something in addition to giving thanks for this world. And that is we give thanks for Christ. We do this in Christ and in remembrance of him. Because Christ is also a gift. The great gift, the New Testament talks about Christ as the free gift. Because in Christ, this life of thanksgiving, this life of Eucharist was given back to us. In him, we are able to live this way again. And so on this first Sunday in Lent, the church gives us this reading so that we can remember the story of the fall, so that we can remember our tendency to disregard God and to disregard all that he's given us. And we don't just remember this, but we remember that that all our life, all aspects of it can be sanctified, not just those things that we typically think of as church-related, but everything in life, that there is a joy which is simply had by appreciating it and accepting all that God has given us by giving thanks in Christ and by making Eucharist at all times to our God. Amen.